The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the 12, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. In 1974, I was a, an undergraduate at a a uh, small college in the Chicago area operated by the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. I was preparing at the time to become a parochial school teacher and church musician. And um, in the course of my undergrad, I began to believe that God was calling me not into that work, but into the work of a pastor. And so I uh, signed on as a pre-seminary student. We, we, we self-identified. I, I was a pre-seminary student. And um, the denomination at the time had a fair number of congregations in spots in Canada that they couldn't find pastors for, remote places in Canada. So they cooked up an idea they approached us pre-seminary students and they said, we got such a deal for you. Um, we're going to license you, if you wish, to preach, to baptize, not to serve Holy Communion, but to preach and to baptize, and we'll send you to places in Canada, and you will get to explore whether this is for you or not. And by the way, um, you'll do it on your own dime. Um, and not being very financially prudent, I said yes. And so I packed up my VW van. I had an old VW van that had, <laughs> uh, this is another story, but um, it had about 200,000 miles on it. I'll, maybe I'll tell you that story sometime. Um, I drove up to serve a four-point Parish. I was serving four little congregations in central Ontario, the Muskoka region of Ontario. And the congregations were in Midland, Barrie. Barrie was the southernmost, Midland, Bracebridge was the northernmost. And then there was this little place called Germania. Germania Nazareth Evangelical Lutheran Church in this hamlet. That's the only way to describe it. It had maybe 20 houses in the forest of the Muskoka region, 14 miles from the nearest paved road. 
I had never seen a beaver in my life, ever, until I drove on that dirt road into the hamlet for the first time. And it was magical. It was wonderful. And I lived in my van for most of the summer, which meant I smelled terribly. Um, so my task with that congregation was to arrive um, like on the Wednesday or so before the first Sunday. And I, I held services in Germania twice a month. Um, and uh, there were certain Sundays where I served all four <laughs> congregations stretched out through the day. It was once, once a month, I think it was. Um, but my task, my initial task, was to show up in the village, the hamlet, and announce that I was there and just let people know. 1974, there's no internet, and I can guarantee you there's no newspaper in Germania, Ontario. So my task was to go and knock on all the doors in, in Germania and just let people know that I was there and there would be a service on Sunday. Um, and the pastor who was supervising me, who was based in Barrie, um, had taken me the day before to a church supply house run by the Anglican Church, and he bought me one of these clergy shirts and said, I want you to wear this so people know who you are. Okay. Um, so I get to the edge of the hamlet, I get out of my VW van, I'm wearing my collar, stop at the first house, which is a small house with a porch. And there's an old man sitting on the porch with a, a dog, a good-sized dog sitting next to him. And I get out of the van, I start walking up this little um, flagstone path up to his cottage, and all he does is he goes, get him! And the dog leaps up off the porch, snarling, and starts right after me. And I turn tail and hop back into that van You just really quickly. Good thing I was 20 years old. I visited all the houses in the hamlet that day. And my last visit of the day was to go farther into the forest to the home of Annie Wetlaufer. The church, by the way, was built in 1876. It was, it's a log construction church. Entire thing built out of logs. It's quite cool. Um, but I went to Annie Wetlaufer's home. And Annie was probably in her 80s. Um, Welcome me into this little home, lots of lace, um, really tidy, really nice place. And she sat me down at a small table in her kitchen, and we chatted. And she made me the best tea I have ever had in my whole life. She made me a cup of this wonderful tea. She had baked some shortbread cookies, which I had never had before. Never had a shortbread cookie. And then, along with it, she served a little saucer with maple syrup from her own trees that her sons and grandsons 
had tapped. And this little spoon, and the custom was you just kind of eat the maple syrup along with the tea and the shortbread. Um, it was wonderful. And we talked actually about Paul's letter to the Romans while we were chatting. And at the end of the conversation, we prayed. And I thanked her at the end of my visit. And she said, um, I thank you, because whether you know it or not, Jesus just visited my house. I'll never forget that. Annie Wetlaufer, with a cup of tea, some shortbread, and maple syrup from her own trees, helped me understand the promise that Jesus makes to the twelve. Whoever welcomes you, welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes the one who sent me. Matthew chapter 10 is all about Jesus' instructions to the twelve as he sends them out on their first, their first mission in his name. It's a practice run for them. They are to go out and return and report on how it all went. Jesus spends a lot of time in Matthew 10 warning the disciples, and we've talked about it over the last couple Sundays, warning the disciples about the perils they will face in sharing his vision of the reign of God with other people. But here, at the end of the chapter, he turns from those warnings to make what I used to think of was a cryptic promise, but I don't, think, I don't think of it in those terms anymore. I think he makes a very plain, clear promise to them. He says to each of them, you, Matthew, you, Peter, you, Andrew, you are sacraments on legs. You are sacraments on legs. And where you walk, know that you are bearers of my presence and grace wherever you go. And wherever you are welcomed, there God is present. Emmanuel. That's Jesus' designation in the Gospel of Matthew. Emmanuel, God with us. And what he says to the twelve and to us is that we are sacraments on legs, not because of anything we have done, not because of theological degrees or, or anything else, simply because we have been called and sent wherever we go. We are bearers of God's presence. People of Holy Trinity 
I want to assure you that that promise is yours. That promise of Jesus is intended for you wherever you go, in your work, in your play, in anything you're up to, where you walk, God's footprints can be seen. And as such, you bear both a wonderful privilege and a weighty responsibility. And part of that weighty responsibility that you and I bear is to practice again learning how to put the story of the good news into our own words for others. A cup of water given to a thirsty person is a very important thing, and that too is a part of God's reign among us. And we Lutherans are pretty good at that. But I remind you that in this time we're living in especially, we need to learn how to speak to others about the hope that lives within us through Christ. Now, I've said this to you many times, and I'll keep saying it to you as we read through Matthew, because I believe it's one of the most key aspects of what it means to be church in the 21st century. Whether we know it or not, the time that we live in is much more like the time of St. Paul than it is like, let's say, the time of Martin Luther. Martin Luther lived within Christendom, where everyone he looked at practically was a Christian. And the people who weren't Christians were, were othered by everyone, including Luther. But Paul lived in a time much more like ours, when Jesus believers had to be able to talk about why they were Jesus believers with others. That's our opportunity that is our challenge and the promise, the promise that where we go and share the story and serve God's reign, there God is truly present. That's our strength. So I just recently had the opportunity to go visit Gene Klein who's a member of this congregation. Jean is a woman in her mid-90s. And she's got quite a story. And I heard pieces of that story as we visited. Quite a lady, quite a story. And at the end of our visit, we shared Holy Communion. Now, we had been talking, Jean and I, about how maybe, say, everybody, where's the camera, Franklin? Where is it? Yeah, but where can we all look at it? It's right there. Okay, everybody, there's the camera. I want you to wave and say with me, Hi, Jean. Hi, Jean. <laughs> and to you too, Carol, if you're there. We talked about how it can be 
it's wonderful to be able to worship online. But Gene misses coming here because that feels like the real deal. And after we commune, and I was getting ready to go, she looked up at me and she said, now I feel like I've been in church. You don't just have to wear one of these shirts to be a sacrament with legs. You've been baptized into Christ, which means you've been baptized into this very same work. Have fun with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us at htelc.com. And don't forget, you are loved.